Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into the Gene Fruth interview, I actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And clients can actually write notes on the photos you sent to them and rate them. Uh, it's just a really easy way to organize all your photos in one spot We need to send them off. Um, I've been using it for a few months now and really enjoy it. It's just kind of helped me organize myself and streamline my workflow. It's just an easy way to send my files off to my clients. And, you know, for years I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer. But PicDrop is actually designed by photographers so they really understand what photographers need. And actually with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get into the Gene Fruth interview. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Jean Fruth. Jean is a photographer based in San Francisco, California, with much of her work centered around the game of baseball. In Jean's new book, Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin, she documents the amateur game of baseball from all levels around the world in places such as Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Japan, and Cape Cod, to name a few. Jean has covered nearly every aspect of the game of baseball from photographing MLB games, World Series, Little League games, working for the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, and so much more. Her attention to detail and dedication to documenting the game of baseball is truly impressive, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her career and her new book that is now available for purchase at grassrootsbaseball.com. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Gene Fruth, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, thanks so much for taking the time. I'm really happy to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to talk to you. You got a uh, really amazing uh, new book that just came out, uh, Grassroot, uh, Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin. Um, uh, I guess like to start off, like for, for people listening, it's an amazing book about this baseball. You traveled the world. Um, for people listening, if they want to check it out, um, where is it available to purchase now if they wanted to go check it out? Uh, grassrootsbaseballbook.com. Perfect. Then go check it out. And you got a bunch of uh, signings coming up. I, I know you got the dates on there. So uh, we'll definitely talk about that. But definitely want to let people know it's an amazing book. Definitely go check it out. And I guess to start off, I was kind of curious, like where you grew up and how you got into photography initially. Well, thanks for the kind words about the book, Alex. Um, yeah. So I grew up in New York City, closer oh, wow. to where you are, New York City and Chelsea. All and right. then later my, my, uh, my family moved to Queens. Um, I uh, first fell in love with photography in high school, and um, when I decided to make a career out of photography, it was after I moved across the country and started in um, portraiture work and became partners with two women in Northern California. And at the time, it was all black and white film, and I did all my own developing and printing in theirs as well, and um, in their darkroom, and then built my own um, and that's kind of how I started. I really loved the dark room and making prints, and mm. I was all about all kinds of paper, beautiful paper, and experimenting. And 
Um, the portrait work wasn't what I set out to do, but it was the opportunity that was in front of me. So at that point, I was still you know, searching for what I wanted my photography to be. Mm. Was like moving to California from New York, was that like always a dream of yours or how did that come No, no, it was a, uh, I got married. I didn't stay married, but I moved across the country um, mm. and that's what I did. And uh, I, uh, I would never move back, but I do have a lot of family there and my parents are there. And so I get back to New York quite a bit, but mm. I've been in California for over 25 years now, so it's home. Yeah, it's not a bad place. Um, and, and when you first picked up a camera, was what kind of stuff were you photographing? Like I know you mentioned you kind of were working with the portrait business, but w when you kind of first picked it up just for the fun of it, w was it always baseball and sports for you, or what was kind of the initial spark for you when you kind of started taking pictures? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't baseball at all when I first started. It was, it was people. I loved portraits and I loved photographing people, and that was something that always stayed with me. Um, but I didn't really have uh, a direction for um, quite a while. I, I, the portrait business was great, and I fell into it, and these two ladies were just terrific to take me on. And I, I was really attracted to the darkroom and the printing side of things. And I, I, I really loved um, the process of you know, printing an image and developing film. And um, that was... That was uh, a real like love of mine at that very beginning. And then it was just trying to find what I wanted to do while I worked with these two ladies, um, doing, uh, doing what, you know, that they were great at and what they were allowing me to be a part of. Um, I reached out to other photographers and started interning, assisting them. I worked with a landscape photographer, Andy Katz, who's amazing landscape photographer. And that was a long time ago. And, um, worked with uh, wedding photographers and um, so uh, sports came you know came later for me um, uh, actually when I started uh, photographing my son's little league games oh wow yeah, yeah, I talked to, I was talking to our mutual friend, Brad Manjin, who kind of helped me set this interview up, and he actually mentioned that you coached, I think, one of your kids' little league's team. I did, I did. My son, the one and only kid I have, I was coaching rookie ball, and Little League called me and said, oh, you hear you're coaching rookie ball, we'd love you to coach Little League next year. And I said, oh, I'm really not much of a coach, you don't want me. Uh, and they said, no, we really do want you. We wa they wanted women coaches, is really what they wanted. And so... I said okay with the. They promised me that they would put me with really you know, seasoned, great coaches, which is what they did. And so I was with these two great dad coaches who coached little league, and they were terrific. And they kind of guided me, and I loved it. And there was a place for me uh, coaching little league. And every year I'd ask my son, "Do you still want me to be your coach?" And he loved it. So I stayed being his coach till the seventh grade, yeah. which was pretty impressive. But honestly, I didn't do that much. I was very good organization-wise. I was good at the draft and all the stuff that really the other dads that coaches didn't want to do yeah. with my job. And, and I was a good recruiter of coaches. Wow. So it worked out well. But really what I ended up doing was shooting. Yeah. And uh, I sent photos into the local newspaper of All-Star Games from Healdsburg uh, Little League. And the sports editor said, these are great. Can you send me more? And so I shot other all-star games for them. And then they asked me if I'd be willing to shoot 
um, other sports, college and high school sports, for their five local papers. Wow. And uh, specifically, I started with football with them, and, and that's uh, how I um, jumped into the sports world. That's amazing, because, like, did you grow up, like, a big sports fan, like baseball? Or was that, like, always a part of your life, like your family? Yeah, or? baseball. Uh, baseball, my grandfather was a Mets fan. Um, I worked in a restaurant in New York, and they had uh, season tickets to the Mets, and they would take me to Mets games. And so I was a Mets fan growing up. Um, never expected that I was going to be photographing baseball. Like, that was never on the radar. And then when I started doing it, I just fell in love with it. Football, that was my first, you know, early job uh, with these newspapers. And I thought, okay, I know football. I can, you know, that's fine. I can, and I got to this, it was a high school football game. Mm. And it was cold, but I never sweat so much in my entire life because I really was pretty awful at it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have the right equipment. It was so dark, as you know, on some of these fields. Oh yeah. And my equipment just sucked for <laughs> what this, what I needed. And um, so after this game, I wrote this email to the sports editor saying, "Hey, you know, I had like a rough time, you know, but by next week, you know, it'll all be fine. Like I'll I'll get it together." And yeah. he's like, "Okay, send me what you have." And and I'll meet you next week at, at this, you know, and they gave me another game in wow. another field. Um, so I called my friend, Baron Woolman, who is the chief photographer for, um, he was the first photographer for Rolling Stone magazine. Wow. Baron and I are, you know, great friends for a long time. And, um, and Baron's a rock and roll legend. Mm. So I tell him the story because for a year he shot Raiders. And he laughed at the story, and he said, well, you've got to call my friend Michael Zagaris. He can help you and teach you how to shoot football. Mm. And uh, I said, well, I'm not really going to call the 49ers photographer Baron to, like, <laughs> ask him how I'm going to shoot, you know, <laughs> high school football. Like, that's just not going to – and he's like, well, you'll probably get fired if you don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe I will. And uh, the best thing was a life-changing experience was – you know, um, calling Z, and I'm sure you know the Z-Man, everybody does, and he invited me to shoot an Oakland A's game that same week, and everything changed for me. Wow, that must have been... It was amazing. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, Yeah, because, like, were you basically, when you're working these newspapers, were you kind of this, like, a freelance photographer working with them, or were you, like, on the staff, or how did that come No, I was was freelance, and, you know, getting this work from them, but, you know, not... uh, at all expecting to be, you know, shooting at the Oakland A's just after starting. And, uh, you know, the same week, you know, uh, I shot at the A's with him. And then that Sunday at the 49ers, because it was when A's were still, you know, that time when A's, you know, the baseball and football are happening at the same time. And, um, I just learned so much from Z, um, not the technical side, you know, but I learned that from other photographers on the sidelines, and there were so many people along the way who helped me on the West Coast. Um, but, you know, Z-Man just taught me a, a way of shooting. You know, he connects with his subject, as I'm yeah. sure you know. You know, he's, he's not a fly on the wall, you know, watching the movie. He's in the movie, and mm. he makes the movie so much more interesting. Yeah, so. it's like he's he's on the team. He's like another another uh, person on the team or something. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, look, the thing that's really cool about your book, like uh, like, I, like I said, uh, Grassroots Baseball um, that just came out, is 
you really like obviously you cover the whole realm of baseball everything from little league to like pro stuff and like you was that kind of your goal with the book is just to kind of show every aspect of baseball be it like little league kids to the top pros pretty much yeah, so when I was, so, you know, as my career, you know, progressed shooting baseball and I was shooting A's Giants and then um, started shooting uh, with the Baseball Hall of Fame. And then I was traveling more of the world shooting baseball and professional baseball. So I always took time to shoot the amateur game. It's really like just been a love since those little league days, you know, and uh, I, I, it's kind of always been, you know, a, something attracting, attractive to me. Um, when I was shooting A's and I'd see all these Dominican guys in the dugout and how much fun they were having. Like I took my first trip to the Dominican Republic on my own and said, I've just got to go shoot baseball and see what that's about in the Dominican Republic. Why are these why do they celebrate that way? Look how much fun that they're having. And it just kind of led to me shooting the amateur game everywhere I went. So it became, you know, sand lots in Mexico, small villages in Dominican Republic, old guys playing stickball on the streets of New York. And so, yeah. um, so that, you know, archives grew, um, over the years. And, uh, then, you know, eventually it became, you know, a book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. In like those early days of like shooting A's games and those early assignments, like how, how would those assignments usually kind of work? Would they, they kind of tell you exactly what they wanted you to shoot or you, they just kind of let you go do your thing or, how, what do you remember about those like early assignments when you're shooting games and whatnot? Yeah, the early the early shooting you know shooting A's was just documenting the game mm-hmm. um, and just telling the story. You know, then later, um, especially when I got uh, started working with the Hall of Fame, the job became very different at that point because then the the goal was is to tie in. Um, today's game with history, you know, like just, you know, how, and and it was a clean slate, but it was also tricky and it really started changing the way I was shooting. Mm. You know, it helped me grow as a photographer and as a professional because I had to, the the task of tying contemporary baseball photography into baseball history and telling the story then really helped me become a storyteller and, Mm. you know, then led me right back to grassroots baseball. Yeah. Yeah, because that's one thing I'm always kind of curious about as a photographer. Like, do you feel like it kind of took you a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer? Like, the way you shoot and, like, how you approach it? Um, do you feel it kind of take you a while to find that voice? Or have you always just kind of shot in a similar sense? Or uh, that's I'm always just kind of curious about that because I know myself, I think, I guess it's always a progression for me. But, like, I'm always curious how, how, how the creative aspect works for you, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took me quite a while to find my voice. You know, I, I, and find, you know, I mean, I'm still evolving and changing, right? Hopefully we all are, right? That's kind of the point is growing and evolving over time. But my approach to shooting baseball has evolved so much, you know, from shooting in the first and third base wells, you know, to roaming and being patient and waiting for a picture to develop. You know, I'm just much less likely to settle for a mediocre shot and I'm much more driven to create a picture, you know, just changing or switching migrating from shooting mostly action to concentrating and including much more of a, a sense of place and telling a story. And 
that's kind of what what I want to do now. I want to tell the cultural story of baseball around the world. So it's yeah. I, I, the action. The action is exhilarating. I mean, I love mm. shooting the action, you know, but um, telling the story and telling the cultural story and showing that baseball looks different in different places. Mm. Like when you shoot Cape Cod, you see how different it looks. Yeah, you know, and you do that sense of place thing, and you can say, "Wow, that's Cape Cod," and that's interesting. Yeah, the thing I, I really enjoyed about the work in your book and the work on your site, it seems that that lighting uh, is a big component of your photography. You're 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 chasing really nice light, be it might be on Cape Cod or like in the Dominican Republic. It's like yeah, like you said, you shoot the action, but it's really more of like an artistic view. Like, is it like sometimes you're kind of just waiting for that light to get to the right spot, and you kind of wait for something to happen, hopefully. Or how do you kind of approach the, those things, I guess? Is, it, is that a big component of your work, you think, just all the lighting and whatnot? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And um, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's a, it's a massive component for me now. And the, the luxury I had with creating grassroots baseball and shooting the amateur game is you can be more choosy. It's, well, first of all, what time is the game? You know, and if it's at 12 o'clock, I'm not really that interested. Oh, a 4.30 game, well, that's a lot more interesting. (laughs) So, you know, so you look at the schedule, and I'm like, okay, I'm shooting in Texas, and I'm going to shoot the high school state championships, and they have games going all day long. I'm going to hit the 8 o'clock game, 8 a.m. game, and see what I can get there, and get there earlier, and see if there's something pretty that's happening. And then I'm back at 4.30, or four o'clock, or whenever you know that game is, mm. and that's going to give us the best chance of making something beautiful. Mm. You know, setting yourself up for that. So, um, absolutely. You know, that's light all the way through is so important. And any time I could set something up mm. that was going to be, you know, that magic hour, yeah. you know, giving, giving us a be- much better chance to yeah. make a picture. Yeah, because that's the hardest thing with shooting sports is like you can maybe have an idea where stuff's going to happen, but you never really know. So you, you might wait for something to happen, but it might not, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I just did it. I, I just, um, I was in Oklahoma, and I decided I'm going to make one picture down the line, and I set myself up down, way down the first baseline, and my picture in my head was <laughs> going to be this leap over the first base. And the first baseman was going to jump up really high. Like I, was, I had, like... The shot, and it was a double header. Seven innings, both games. Oh, for some reason, they were both seven innings, and I didn't make the picture. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I, no one can say I didn't sit there. I mean, you know, sometimes the picture doesn't happen, as Steve Fine likes to say. So yeah. that time it didn't happen. Yeah, it's just like that's that's fun. That's just half the fun of it. Like I think that's like it's like the patience, and yeah, like I said, you never know what's going to happen. And when you do get a good one, that's that's why it's a good feeling, you know. It is, yeah, except for with the Oklahoma City Dodgers where I was shooting, and she said, uh, oh, I'm you know, really excited to see what you got. Like, oh, <laughs> they're going to be very disappointed when they see you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But, you know, you, yep, I mean, sometimes you got to wait for the shot, but, you know, more times than not, if you are patient, you know, you, you have so much of a better chance of making a picture. You want to create something great. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know you mentioned you, you worked with the Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, how did that kind of relationship start? Like, uh, how long did you work for them? Like, how did that kind of all come to be, I guess? Yeah, that was uh, actually thanks back to our friend Brad Mangin. Brad invited me uh, along with Eric Risberg to do a, a talk uh, in Cooperstown uh, during their Hall of Fame game their um, classic game in May, that happens in May. And 
Brad talked about the history of photography, and Eric did a sports photography uh, segment, and I was talking about my work um, shooting uh, Latin baseball and um, shooting in Cuba and Puerto Rico and uh, the Dominican Republic and um, talked about that to this audience. And really, that was my, my, it wasn't my first time to Cooperstown because I'd shot Ricky Henderson's induction. Oh, that's um, why I was going to ask you that. that. I was going to ask you what your favorite one is because Ricky Henderson, his induction speech, me and my brother, we love it. It, it, it was like the best induction speech of all time. I, I thought it was great. Oh, the best. I'm so, so happy I got to be there firsthand. I agree. That's probably my, uh, my favorite all-time speech. And, you know, he worked hard on that speech, too. You know, it's, yeah. um, uh, he had a, a coach, you know, working with him, and he really wanted it to be right, and he just absolutely nailed it. Oh, it was great. And he was dre- dressed so well on top of it so um, but anyways i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah you're kind of there with brad Manchin and, and things like yeah, that. yeah so brad eric and i we did this you know wonderful presentation it was so great to be a part of it we shot the game as well and i really loved um what cooper's you know what what the hall of fame there was and i had already shot um uh at the hall of fame the football hall of fame in canton ohio did a project with um steve fine um with shooting their induction and they, the game that they have. And what a vast difference of the Football Hall of Fame to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And mm. just the culture of, uh, that runs so deep in baseball and the stories. It's just, you know, just so much more rich in history and what it means to people around the world culturally. Yeah. You know, you just, I, it just really resonated with me. Like, wow, this is just something I want to be a part of. And, you know, and uh, so when I approached them, uh, to do the, to to create this contemporary voice, uh, it worked out really well, and uh, I worked with them for four years and um, added to their archives and their exhibits, magazine, wow. and social media, which was they were just building. So that was kind of fun too. So we were able to tie in the contemporary voice with the historical voice and present it to social media, which you know most of the time is a younger crowd, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so built their you know social media presence as well. So it was great. It's a great opportunity. That's amazing. So you basically kind of like made that position for yourself. Like they they wasn't like they were looking for someone. You really went to them and kind of pitched it to them pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, and yeah. And it just it worked out really just 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 you know. And, and what I learned like along the way, like doing it and and creating it, and you know, we didn't have an idea of what it was. You know going to be exactly they did have some specific needs and i'd go to cooperstown and shoot with their longtime photographer milo who you know and i'd be a second and an assistant to him during um induction and uh, events but then i'd also you know they'd have cover for magazines or they would need portrait work done and mm. so yeah it just turned into this whole you know great um journey with yeah. them and i'm still shooting for um la vida baseball which is their latino partner okay um so that they tell the story of the Latin baseball player, past, present, and future, and so um, that's what I'm doing now, that's along a, with my grassroots. That's amazing. And do you have like a a memorable project with Cooperstown with the work you do with them over those four years? Is there one that kind of sticks out um, in particular? You think? I'm sure you worked on a lot, but yeah, you know that w- one of the most I guess memorable projects. So I went to Puerto Rico. Um, to do a uh, a story about Roberto Clemente, wow. and I shot everything Roberto Clemente. I went with a historian, um, 
well, no, a historian that's there in Puerto Rico, Jorge Colon Delgado, mm. and he took me around and we documented where he went to school, where he got married, the first place he played baseball, you know, uh, teammates, everything, Roberto Clemente, also where the plane crashed um, right uh, off, the, off the shore of, um, of Puerto Rico. And then part of that was also visiting with Vera Clemente, his widow, um, who uh, lives in, she lives in the same house where they raised their kids. Um, where her and Roberta raised the kids, and wow. um, I got a chance to spend time with Vera Clemente at her house on Christmas Eve, and then again on New Year's Eve, Damn. and it was absolutely incredible experience. And she told me, um, you know, we go our family every year to the site where the plane crashed, and we throw flowers and we say a prayer. Wow. And uh, I asked her if I could, if anybody had documented that before, and would she, would it be okay if I documented? Would she consider that? And she talked to her family and her son Luis in particular, and they agreed, yes, you can come document it. And uh, it was an incredible experience. And there I was with the family, shooting that you know them, her throwing in the flowers, and then they asked me to put my cameras down and say the prayer with them. Wow. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a big one. You got to, like, pinch yourself in moments Ugh. like that. Like, how the hell did I get here, you know? Mm, yeah, you know, it was just, they were so welcoming and so warm, you know, and to this day, like, I consider them, you know, they feel like family to me. It was just an incredible experience. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing. So that was a big one. And like like you said, you kind of approach them and ask them permission. Uh, like, how do you how do you go about like? Because a lot of your your photos are really like intimate, like with these people. It's not just like the action, like you said. It's really them, like like training or in you're in the dugout. Like, is approaching your like these people? Is it something you've always been good? This kind of communicating to them what what you're trying to do. Is it something that took you a while to kind of build that confidence to ask people for what you want? Like. How do you kind of build the trust out of these people you're photographing, you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I, I'll, I'm going back, I have to go back to, to Michael Zagaris on this one because shooting with him really just gave me that confidence because that's how he was shooting. So I learned from him. It was all about the wide angle mm -hmm. before the game. Everything for Z happened before the game. Yeah. And we would sit in front of the A's dugout, and it's the only dugout in Major League Baseball that doesn't have a railing. Yeah. So you're right there with the players. And he would converse with them, and he would gain their trust. You yeah. know, and he would do everything. I thought that's what everybody did at every baseball park. I thought, you know, that's, that's what you do. I mean, <laughs> try to do that at the Yankees, you'll be taken away in handcuffs, right? But... I didn't know. Yeah. I just thought, oh, this is what you do. Yeah. You just you you do this. Yeah. So that's all. I you know Z did it. It was great. And he said, hey, our camera is the entree to to this incredible world. Mm. That's what this is. It's it's about the journey. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense to me. And like, and he was just so natural at approaching people. And it just, you know, and I did portrait work before, so of course. Portraits are hard, as you know, you yeah. know, and trying to get the right expression and making that. It's all about the connection. Mm -hmm. So I had some of that, but, you know, with Z, he just took it to another level with me, and um, I didn't know any different. And uh, so and the only way you get it is being able to, you know, not be afraid to approach them and obviously make them feel comfortable first and, and yeah. gaining the trust. Yeah. Now, now it's important. I think that's why the the photos are are powerful. Both like your yours and Z's. It's just 
you you can tell you're actually like talking to these people and you're not just like some person with a 400 millimeter lens in the back you know so i i really enjoy that type of work um and when did you kind of decide that you're going to publish this book like was it something that you you were been thinking about for a while or how did it kind of all come together yeah, my, well, the you know my archives. As I was traveling, I was shooting the grassroots game, and uh, you know, in the amateur amateur baseball for for you know quite a few years, and so much of it had never been seen. Mm. Um, and during my tenure with the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, as a traveling photographer, I had the opportunity to also meet and photograph and visit with many of uh, of their Hall of Famers, mm. and they tell stories. You know, and I heard their stories of growing up. And I started to realize that they represent, you know, the hopes and dreams of so many. Uh, and I, so I thought it would be cool to tie them into the project. So, um, and then I connected with with Steve Fine, um, who was the Sports Illustrated director of photography for 18 years, 19 years. Um, now he's at Flipboard, and he's the best, I think, photo editor yeah. in the world. Um, and... Uh, he said, "Let's let's look and see if there's a book like that out there, you know." And um, did my research, and there, I couldn't really find anything like what I was, you know, envisioning. Um, so uh, then it just seemed like it was, you know, going to make sense, and approached uh, some publishers, and they liked the idea as well. And it was like, okay, you know, I think we have a book. So. Mm. And when when you approach a publisher. Do you kind of already have, do, do you like make a mock book of what you think it's going to be? Are you just sending them like a PDF of your photos? Like, how does that process go from like your idea of concept to actually them printing a book? Like, I learned the word blad from Steve Fine. He said, you have to make a blad. I honestly didn't know what a blad was, but what it was was a sample of the book. You probably know what a blad is. I didn't, and now I do. But um, So I, I did a mock-up of what I, what I envisioned the book to be. And um, the cover, I always knew what my cover was going to be. It was kind of a joke because there was no other option for me. Like That had to be my cover. Right. And so I... Uh, I put a few chapters together loosely of what I, I was, you know, can see it, and then printed it, you know, very inexpensively just to show and give a feel. The publishers know it's just a just a mock up, it's just a blad, mm -hmm. but it really does help yeah. to show that and say this is what I'm thinking, and you know, this is the size, this is the feel, this is what I'd like to see, this is the number of pages, and you know, having the stories um, together, and uh, and then the work begins. Yeah, it's it's really like the most comprehensive like book on baseball. Like like I said, you traveled around the world. Like I was gonna, is there like any element of baseball that you haven't photographed that's like on your bucket list? Because it seems like you've been to Japan, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Cuba, the Little League World Series, the the Major League World <laughs> Series. Like, is there any is there anything left for Gene Fruth to shoot? Like it's pretty. Oh, <laughs> so much, so so much, so much more uh, that I want to do. There's more in the U.S. I want to do. There's, you know, there's other places in the world where baseball is played. And then, you know, when the book came out, I get all these emails from different places. Come to Ghana. We have baseball. You know, when are you going to come to Ghana and shoot baseball? When are you going to come to, you know, Korea wow. and shoot baseball? So Damn. it's kind of fun. And it's like, I want to go to all those places <laughs> and shoot baseball. So, yeah. um, got to keep going. Yeah, for sure. Was there like an overall goal with like making this book? Was it like something you're hoping people are going to take away from it, from reading it? Like, because obviously, you, like, 
making these books, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, money, everything. Like, what's uh, what's like your goal with like publishing this book? You think? Yeah, I, well, I guess twofold. You know, one was to bring the greater light to the grassroots game, like around the world, and it it's really doing that now, and it's kind of fun to see. You know, putting the importance on kids. You know, I don't think the amateur game is covered enough, and. I wanted to show that the game is still important on many local levels and it looks different in many different places. And the other goal was also to provide a context for hope for kids. So I tried to do that by showing a portrait of a legendary player, you know, at the start of each chapter and pairing that portrait with a, you know, a first person essay of what it was like growing up, you know, where these kids played baseball, yeah. where they're playing right now. And so then following it with images of, of the kids playing from that region, you know, to send a message, as did the legends, is, you know, that if they could make it big, so can someone else from their hometown, region, city. Yeah, yeah that's... Johnny Bench, yeah. He, he says in the afterword, he wrote, he wrote for my book, he wrote the afterword, he said, you know, one day he was watching the game of the week on television with his dad, and the announcer said, now batting the next superstar, the switch-hitting center fielder from Oklahoma, Mickey Mantle. And he said, he looked at his dad and said, you could be from Oklahoma and play in the major leagues? <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, because that's the, the most amazing thing, like each chapter for people, like I said, I can't say it enough, check it out is you literally have the legends of baseball. You have everyone from, like, Cal Ripken to Hank Aaron. Like, so many people that's writing for each chapter. Like, was it hard, like, convincing these guys to write for the book? Like, is it just you, you've already built a relationship with these guys? Because it, it truly is amazing that you got all these people to write for your book. And, and I have, I've got every person that we asked said yes. Wow. It was quite amazing. And I think mostly they see, yes, I mean, there was a relationship there and they trusted. But I think because it was kids and it was about kids, I think they really enjoyed telling their story. You know, it's, it wasn't a book of major leaguers that they were opening up for. You know, it was, and, you know, and, I, and I had samples of the images to show each one of them. Here is what I have for the Dominican Republic and showing that to Vladimir. Mm. And, you know, here's what I have. And, um, and then uh, with Cal Ripken Jr., I, I took the trip to Aberdeen and shot there, and it was great to yeah. shoot the Cal Ripken experience and um, do that. So yeah, uh, and, yeah. So yeah, and of course, it made for just a much more special project. Their stories just make it so much more special. Yeah, it just ties everything together. And with the, with the writing, did you kind of give them a lot of direction on like what you wanted them to write about, or like how did the 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 intros kind of for the book? How did that kind of yeah, you know, they all it's you know they all had their stories. So it was just getting their stories together. Like the uh, <laughs> the first Hall of Famer I approached was Ricky Henderson. Um, it's spring training. You know, it was a few years ago now, obviously. And I was like, okay, there he is. He's I, I get onto the backfield and I see him working with some young players. And I'm standing there waiting for him. And he sees me. And he's like, "Here comes trouble." So that I was like, "Oh, well, maybe he's in a good mood. This is this would be good." And, <laughs> and I said, "Hey, so I'm doing this, you know, book, and I have a chapter on Oakland. I want to, you know, and would you open it?" And he just he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He said, "Bushrod Little League." I'm like, "Excuse me." He's like, "Bushrod Little League." He's like, 
I didn't want to play baseball. I wanted to play football. My mother wanted me to play baseball. And then the co- this, she had this coach picking me up at the house every day. And I get in the back seat and a glazed donut and a hot chocolate was waiting for me. And I thought, all right, I'll play baseball. And he just started telling, and I'm like trying to type it on my phone as fast as possible, thinking yeah. I've, that's got to be in the book. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, that's, I really enjoyed this kind of hear everyone's perspective. I can't, yeah, it's amazing. With the book, was there, is there one section when you look at it that you're most proud of or that you really enjoy more than the others? Looking at every section, you think? Yeah, that's a tough question. You know, all the chapters obviously have meanings, mm. have meaning, a meaning to me, some more than others. And you know, as a photographer, there's a million stories. Yep. You know, it's it's about the journey. Yep. And after talking to me for thirty minutes, you can see I'm full of stories. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I love it. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say it's the Mobile chapter because Mobile, um, Alabama, was such a hotbed of talent for many years, especially when you start to think about the fact that five Hall of Famers were born there, yeah. five future Hall of Famers were born there, Willie McCovey, Billy Williams, Satchel Paige, Ozzie Smith, Hank Aaron. And Hank's story, it, it represents that American dream. You know, he made the most of an opportunity and he took it all the way to the top. And there's a photo in there that I put together um, centered on Hank Aaron and his childhood home. Mm. And I asked the baseball coaches from four historically black high schools to gather their teams in uniform at Hank's house, which is now a museum by the Mobile Bay Bears ballpark in, in Mobile. Um, and the photo turned out as I had envisioned it. You know, it was just incredibly poignant moment, like a tribute to a baseball icon, you know, just someone who endured and persevered, you know, during the height of racism and inequality. And it's, supposed to the photo for me is, is a recognition that hank became a beacon of hope for future black athletes you know yeah. around the globe to have you know an opportunity and this is a small way of recognizing that these guys are still out there and if you look at that photo there's very athletic kids who just need the same opportunity yeah. you know? so that was big for me and then it it came full circle where Hank got to see the chapter and he flipped through the, the mobile chapter and he said, and this was like, this is really mobile. Wow. You got and to, like, you got, All right. you got to watch him look at the book in person. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It was uh pretty, uh, pretty incredible. This is, you know, this is mobile. And he was like, okay, well that does it for me. And so that gave me chills and, yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, confirmation that I captured his hometown the right way and yep. what we want as photographers, right? The, the yeah. sense of place. It's incredible. And I was really excited to talk to you about uh, a real passion of, of mine is, is Cape Cod baseball, which you've also photographed. Um, what is your experience photographing Cape Cod baseball? Do you remember your first time going there? Uh, what's your kind of overall experience with Cape Cod baseball? Oh yeah, I, mean, I got to I, I got to shoot there. I mean, only um, you know that one time, but I was there for a few weeks, so I had some time to shoot it. Yeah. And I'm dying to go back and do more of it. And it's um, it's you know the same thing. Baseball looks different in yep. different places, and as you know better than anybody, since you've been doing it for so many years, yep. that Cape League looks like Cape League. <laughs> those those uh, houses, the uh, What's the material on the house? 
the uh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking. It's like the in Cape Cod. It's like the same type of wood that all the houses. That down same, there. yeah, exactly. The the same wood. Yep. You know the 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 red, white, and the the bunting. Yep. Um, everywhere the, the that whole feeling of it's so steeped in tradition, and you can see it in the fans, and it's so Americana, you know, and just. Very to me, red, white, and blue. The sweet, the houses that you walk through, all the small towns. You know, all have so many American flags, and just uh, it's 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 such a great feeling um, to be there. And of course, the baseball is incredible. You know, highest level of mm-hmm. summer ball, college ball there is, and um, wooden bats and all those things that it means. So the fog, yeah. you have to get the fog. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you shot Chatham. Yeah, you shot in Chatham. They have their field. If it's like this field that sits like it's like thirty feet low, like the 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 roads like way higher. So like the the light just rakes down that field. It's like a bowl. It's like the best light at that field. Amazing, amazing. That and that fog comes in and it makes for wow. I mean, you go through all kinds of things during a game at Chatham. You get all kinds of beautiful light. The backlit. Mm-hmm. you know uh the beginning of the game and just i mean and it's beautiful every angle you know just mm-hmm. where the pitchers are warming up and the the berm the mm-hmm. whole thing i think is just i fell in love with chatham's and then of course that fog comes in and it makes <laughs> crazy pictures so, yeah yeah um, and i think yeah. you're 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 doing some uh some book signings there in a couple of weeks i think you're going to i believe uh chatham i think hyannis and then actually another one acton mass correct Oh yeah, uh, right. Exactly. So yeah, yeah I'll be, um, and uh, Fenway, Falmouth. Oh, yes, that's Fa- the Falmouth too. Nice. Yep. That's amazing. Um, another chapter in the book. I was really excited. Uh, Japan. Um, Japan people. This seems like they they just love baseball out there. Uh, what was kind of your experience going out there? Is there anything different uh, going to a baseball game in Japan versus out in the states? What was kind of your overall experience photographing baseball out there? Yeah, the the whole. I mean, Ichiro Suzuki is God in Japan. Everywhere you go, and he's on billboards, and it's great to see. You know, the presence of Ichiro everywhere in Japan. Um, but. The, the big difference is, uh, or, you know, the cultural, what you see is the tradition and the discipline of the game. I mean, a little league game, opening, well, I went to the opening ceremony of uh, Tokyo, um, Tokyo Little League, so it was opening day, and the ceremony was, you know, very formal and, and very beautiful and, you know, just very official. And then, well, here's a crazy story, but it's a tangent, but they... Yeah invited me to go shoot a game after that. And I said, okay. And I, I had two games I could choose from, and I didn't know where I was going. So I just chose the one closer to my hotel. Yeah. And so I, I go to this game, and the discipline of the kids warming up, and they do everything the same way. And even when they're running uh, across the field, their right leg is going, everybody's right leg is going up at the same time, and then their left leg is going up at the same time. And, yeah. you know, they, they bow to the umpire. It's, it's so much respect, tradition, respecting your elders, respecting the game, respecting your equipment. And Ichiro talks about, you know, what it was like to take care of his glove and to take care of his equipment. And that's, uh, you know, form there is, is taking, you know, is, is, is the respect um, of the game and, uh, you know, at the end, every, all the kids, players bow to the umpire in unison. Wow! And think it's yeah, it's quite incredible. 
Yeah. And then the great story of that game, of opening day, I'm in Williamsport, Pennsylvania for, and fast forward to August, and I'm shooting the Little League World Series, and it's the first day, it's the parade before the game start, and I'm walking down there, I guess it's Main Street, and I'm waiting for the parade to start, and I'm shooting fans, and I hear my name, or I think I hear my name, but you know when it's noisy, and you yeah, maybe yeah. it's yeah. your name, and maybe it's not. So I decide it's not, and I keep walking, and then I hear it again, and I turn around, and there's all these Japanese people, like in a bunch, like fans, and they're waving. I'm like... <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> and so I get closer, and they're like, Gene, Gene. And it was the parents that I met wow. at that opening day of Little League. And I'm like, what, what are you doing here? They're like, we're in the Little League World Series. I'm like, that team? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, wow. It was just like, and then they won the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. I shot the World Series, and then they, it was like, so I got to shoot them their very first day and their very last day, which was winning Little League World Series in Williamsport, so. Wow, that that's amazing. Would you say that's just kind of half the fun of like your job? Is this like the amount of people you get to meet, like doing this? Like you, like you said, like you you traveled everywhere. Like is that kind of this half the fun is kind of meeting all these different people? Oh, it's so about the journey, and you know, and it's it's meeting these people, hearing their stories, and it's everybody, you know, and hearing the stories along the way, you know, mm. it's it's the ushers in the stands or the umpires and you meet these incredible people, you know, yeah. in Chicago, um, a few months ago and this umpire, he umpired two games. Yeah, he umpired two games and I said, Oh, and it was hot. And I, are you going to, you know, you, you, is that it for you? And he was going across town and he was going to coach a game after that, you know, wow. and, and you just hear their stories and, you know, mm. Whether it's somebody, you know, incredibly famous, yeah, that's great, but it's also just a cultural difference and meeting all these people mm. um, and hearing their stories. Yeah, it's amazing. And, like, how, how do you, like, continually, like, challenge yourself to, like, make new and interesting photos of, like, the same game? Like, obviously, baseball, it's, like, the same rules every time, but how do you continually, like, push yourself? Because I know as myself, like, I've been shooting a lot of this Cape Cod stuff, and you shoot game after game, and it's, like, for me, it's just like you're always trying to find, like, how do I make something different? Is it still like a challenge for you to kind of make new stuff and kind of keep pushing yourself, being that you're a lot of times still photographing baseball? Like, how do you kind of keep pushing yourself, I guess? Yeah, I know. It's a good question. I mean, I think about team photographers, and I say in some ways, like, that's the hard, hardest job, right? Going back to the same place over and over again. And you see some team photographers who do an incredible job of keeping it fresh, and they're coming up with new things. And it's great that they have access that nobody has, and that's cool. But you're right, like, going back to the same place. But I, I think making a great picture just keeps me excited. So it's really a challenge mm. in just in photography that drives me every time I go out to shoot, you know. Mm. I mean, sure, we're there shooting things for our jobs, but the passion and the drive now is for one great picture. You know, even if I sit there and don't make it, my true passion, you know, besides documenting the people and the places and the game's landscape, telling the stories, the cultures, but at the end of the day, it's about you trying to make it iconic pictures, images that are going to resonate in people's minds, mm -hmm. you know, long after they turn off their phone or close the book and you just want something memorable. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that excites me. Can yeah. I make something memorable? And yeah. now 
that's the goal. And, you know, some days are better than other days, as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's always good to hear because, like, some people have, like, accomplished a lot. It's good to hear that they still have, like, off days. Like, some days you get good stuff and some days are tougher, but you, you just got to keep pushing through, right? And some days you think you, you, you did great and then you look at your take and you say, wow, I really suck. What? what? <laughs> What did I think was so great about that? And, you know, and then you're surprised, which yeah. is great. So then you're like, oh, like, I didn't realize that was good. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what it is, you know, but it, you got to keep going out there and trying. Do you, do you have a favorite ballpark to shoot in? Because there's a cool section on your website, uh, Baseball's uh, was it, uh, Sacred Grounds, where you have, like, so many, like, the famous uh, stadiums. Is, is there one that you enjoy shooting in more than others? Is there one that's, like, a, more the challenge to shoot at? I guess. Yeah, I mean, for different reasons, you know. You, I mean, the the Wrigley's and the Fenways, of course, those classic ballparks. Even with the upgrades and changes, it's still Wrigley, it's still Fenway, yep. and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, then again, it's then it's about light and finding the right angle. The the um, uh, Rockies. Uh, um, it's a really interesting place to shoot in Colorado because of the way the ballpark is situated and the way the sun sets. You get this crazy, you know, beautiful, like, light you're shooting right into it, creating this, you know, you're shooting into the light and this yeah. orangey, beautiful glow, yellow. And the team photographer there does an incredible job at working that light. He's a master. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've I've enjoyed shooting there. and. Mm. Um, that's chasing light. So, but yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of good ones. Yeah, everyone has every stadium has like their own personality. I kind of grew up my, a lot. My relatives live in Minnesota, and I grew up going to like the Metrodome, which is like most people mm-hmm. are like, oh, that's a shithole. But I actually kind of like weirdly kind of like enjoy it. <laughs> like I used to enjoy going there because it it wasn't like a pretty because it's a metro. You're inside, it's on turf, but it it just had its <laughs> own. It had its like own unique like uh, personality to it, you know. That's really true. Well, and the A's, you know, people will say, oh, my God, the A's is such a shithole. Oakland Coliseum <laughs> is such a shithole. But we are going to miss that. I'll tell you, Brad Mangin and I, and, of course, C, will be crying our eyes out when that goes away because there's no place like it. Yes, it's got weird, like, sewage problems that run down the steps. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is. Yeah. We don't talk about it. I shouldn't have even said it, really. But I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the... the the way I mean that ballpark and the the history of it and the angles yep. and I mean it's there's no place like it it's uh, and you know when they build a new ballpark there'll be railings and it'll look I'm sure you know like yeah. more modern day ballparks yeah, not yeah. the Coliseum so yeah yeah it's interesting so it's, it's our Metrodome yeah that's right it's got it's got grit it's got grit Gene it's got grit <laughs> no, this, oh we've got grit <laughs> I like it I, I like it salt salt of the earth um, and I know uh you're you're now you're working with La Vida Baseball you kind of touched on it um like what is la vida baseball how did you kind of come to be a part of it and yeah i guess maybe you could talk a little bit about it the um the latin game has always been interesting to me and they were familiar with my work from the hall of fame and all the projects that i was doing in um the dominican republic and so the fit with them was just so nice and they're a digital media company and they're doing all kinds of interesting um, projects and they do uh, a daily um, show online, a live show, and wow. 
Um, so it's really fun because they'll have me on the show and they'll show images and, you know, that like is a new dimension, you know, of talking about my images and going live on their show and it's, it's, it's fun. And then, you know, again, it's a lot of freedom, which is nice. You know, they kind of let me do my thing. Of course, there's certain things that they want. And when I go to the ballpark, I'm shooting at A's or Giants and I'm getting both, you know, home team and visiting team. They want the story of the Latino player and that's great. And, I'll shoot for them in Cooperstown and we'll get Edgar Martinez and Mariano Rivera and do some fun stuff there. And, mm. um, so it's, it's a, it's a very nice fit. Yeah. They're, they're, they're great to work with. Yeah. No, it's amazing. And I guess like to wrap, start wrapping up, like you've been shooting like for a while, like lots of baseball, like you've, like I said, you've been everywhere. It seems like what kind of keeps you inspired to keep shooting baseball and like anything you're hoping to work on in the future, I guess. Well, um, <laughs> I've got a new venture that I've started um, uh, that uh, is, is in action already um, called Grassroots Baseball. So beyond the book, the book was the first step, and now um, uh, over the after developing the book, um, the concept is now more of a, a program. I'm working with a recently retired Hall of Fame president, um, Jeff Idelson, mm. um, and he's joined me now as a co-founder, and the mission is to promote and celebrate the amateur game around the globe. Yeah. So we're doing more. We're, we're, we're doing a give back with sponsors and giving out Rawlings gloves. And the venture started along Route 66. So now my job is documenting um, the game along Route 66 and tying in the historic Americana in with baseball. We're driving in an RV. Wow. And yeah, and hitting these towns, uh, and it's really fun. We've already made a few stops. I do a two weeks on, two weeks off, so I come back and do the Levita stuff, um, and I'm able to do both. And uh, so that'll be um, that's the next uh, that's the next uh, project. Well, it's underway, and um, it starts in, started in Chicago in May, and it'll conclude uh, at the end of October in Santa Monica. Wow, that's exciting! So, so baseball is still exciting for you. Yeah, baseball is it. Uh, it's, uh, it's doing me well. It keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Gene, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. It was a real pleasure. And for anybody listening, um, definitely go check out Gene's new book, Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin. Um, where can you get it again, Gene? Grassrootsbaseballbook.com. Perfect. And for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? GeneFruitImages.com. And, and then you're on Instagram too, right? Yep, Gene Fruit Images. That's right. I'll link it, and thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, Alex. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I actually wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PickDrop. PickDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. Uh, you can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you have. Um, and you, your clients can actually write notes on the photos you sent to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to organize all your files in one spot when you need to send them off. I've been using it for a few months now and uh, really enjoy it. It's just kind of helped me streamline my workflow. Um, my clients have been enjoying it. And the, the cool thing about it is PickDrop's actually designed by photographers photographers so they really understand what photographers need um for years i was using like uh, we transfer and dropbox and things like that but with pick drop they really went the extra mile and created a, a great product and can't say enough about it and with actually today's podcast if you enter the promo code photo banter you're going to get three months free 
when you sign up at pickdrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free. And also, I just have to give a big thank you to our guest, Jean Fruth, for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to her about all her experience within photography and covering baseball and her new book, which I highly recommend, uh, Grass, Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin. Uh, it's available for purchase at grassrootsbaseball.com. Uh, just a really comprehensive look at the game of baseball. She covered so much around the world. Um, so definitely go check that out as well as Jean's website, uh, jeanfruthimages.com. Um, and she's also on Instagram at jeanfruthimages. Uh, so definitely go check that out. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and also on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.